Well, it looks like the team meeting worked. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this Locked On Capitals Victory Edition. My name is Dan Holmey. I host this podcast for Locked On Capitals. You can find me on Twitter at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals on Twitter at Locked On Caps. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. This podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. Well, it is a victory episode as the Washington Capitals get back into the win column by defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 4-3. to three. And uh, it is a big victory. Make no mistake about it, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning were a formidable opponent. They won the Stanley Cup the last two years in a row. And I knew it was going to be a big test for the Washington Capitals, and the Capitals were up for it. We'll talk about that tonight. We'll also talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov did not seem the likely candidate to play in tonight's game, but they had to put him to test at some time. And then we will talk about the games ahead. The Washington Capitals play the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. So to the task at hand, the Capitals win a big game. Let's hear it for the Washington Capitals as they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning like I say, they won the Stanley Cup the last two years in a row by a score of 4-3. to three. It was a game that saw a lot of snarl. You had Victor Hedman out there. You had Maroon Victor, uh, mixing it up in the corner with Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson had to leave the ice. There's so many things to talk about. Uh, the scoring in the game, Alex Ovechkin got a goal. It was uh, two goals from John Carlson, one from Ma- Martin Ferravari. And then a pretty good goaltending performance out of Ilya Samsonov, all things considered. He made 25 saves on 28 shots. That's good for a .893 save percentage. But let's not overlook the magnitude of this game. This is a Washington Capitals team that lost two big games against two big teams. They lost against the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 6-1, to one, and they lost against the Minnesota Wild by a score of 5-1. to one. So to say that this was a big victory is an understatement, understatement, and I'm not too sure what they talked about in that team meeting that T.J. Oshie talked about, but whatever they did, mission accomplished because... The Washington Capitals, I think, look like a changed team out there. What do you guys think? I mean, just from the start to the end, Martin Faravari starting it off with scoring a goal. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. But it seemed like the Washington Capitals had a huge jump in their step. I mean, I know they did. It was a changed team out there. It seemed like the team the last couple games was a bit sluggish. But whatever they talked about in that meeting worked. Uh, to start the game, it was a little, uh, you know, Kuzi kind of was driving towards the net. And it was kind of one of those two cute passes. I was like, oh, here we go. Let's not get too cute with this game. Let's just go out there and score goals. But then that moment came when Faravari uh, scored that goal. The Capitals are 5-0-1 this season when Faravari scores a goal this season. 
Um, that's Faravari's sixth goal of the season. He's the first Caps rookie defenseman to score six goals in a season since John Carlson seven in the 2010-2011 season and ninth overall in franchise history. So Martin Faravari has just been a pleasant surprise to this Washington Capitals team all season. Martin Faravari, who was most likely going to play on the team last year before they picked up Chara, but Chara is no longer with the Washington Capitals, and you had Martin Faravari this year in a big upgrade. He's a lot faster. He's a lot younger. He's got a bigger frame out there, and he's also an offensive defenseman. It seems like more modern-day hockey players, if you're a defenseman, you have to be good at offense as well. You have to be kind of more of a hybrid player. You can't be a one-dimensional player, and Martin Faravari definitely is not. Like they talk about, he... Um, was breaking records out there as far as offenses offenses concerned. It was a physical game out there. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Headman knocked Backstrom down, and I'm not really sure what that was about. I think that Backstrom was just a little bit too close to the net, and sometimes that happens. But then TJ Oshie stepped in. He's like, you're not going to do that to Nick Backstrom. No. Do you have any idea who he is? And I know that they're both Swedes, and maybe they have something going back and forth with each other, but... Nick Backstrom is not really the kind of guy you want to, to shove and push around. He's one of the nicest guys you can meet out there. John Carlson then gets a power play goal, and the Caps are up two to nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, look at this Washington Capitals team. This team that struggled so much, again, in the last couple games is really bringing it, and they did that. Um, and John Carlson, you want to talk about a true offensive defenseman. He is the definition of that. Um, I Sometimes I hear people talk and they refer to him as like a forward. I'm like, uh, nope, he's actually a defenseman. Uh, TJ Oshie and Alex Ovechkin pick up assists on Carlson's goal. That marks Oshie's 21st point of the season. He has eight goals and 13 assists. And it was just the team working well together. Uh, earlier in the day, uh, they were talking to TJ Oshie. And uh, I believe it was Tarek El-Bashir. He said, were you guys talking about scoring? He's like, no, it was a players meeting. We were talking about what we're going to do with this team. I'm paraphrasing because we're a team. And whatever they talked about, they had talked about identity. Um, and uh, TJ Oshie says he doesn't feel like the team has lost its identity. That's just they've just kind of lost their way. And I think part of that is due because they've had some inconsistent play. I know that it's easy to uh, make the goaltender the scapegoat, but it hasn't always or it hasn't been just exclusively the goaltender. You've had some inconsistent inconsistency in defense and some kind of stale offensive, to be honest with you, at times. Uh, in that those Carolina and uh, Wild games, they just they didn't seem like themselves. Um, and I know that Carolina and uh, Minnesota are big opponents. And when they didn't play too well against them, that caused you know a lot of concern with me and I think a lot of other Capitals players. You know, I think that they were feeling pretty good that they beat the Sabers and then they beat the Devils. But let's face it, those teams, neither one of those teams is really that good. So for them to pick up a huge win tonight against. The Tampa Bay Lightning, wow. I just think that this just kind of changes everything for this team because I think they're going to leave this game and uh, they're going to be thinking to themselves, wow, we can do this, guys. We can do this. So, like I say, the team meeting helped, and Faravari was playing big out there all night. He was pushing. He's that physical presence out there, and uh, that's what I was talking about. The players need to be engaged out there. It just seems like with Minnesota and Carolina, the physical game was missing. 
And Maroon was really trying to bait Tom Wilson into a fight. Tom Wilson and uh, Maroon, those are two tough guys in the NHL. And guess what? I got to give it to Tom Wilson. He didn't take the bait. I think that Peter Laviolette was saying the last thing we need to do is to start taking dumb penalties. So good on Tom Wilson for being mature. There were a lot of situations in tonight's game where Tom Wilson could have lost his cool, shall we say, and really got gone off on someone. But I mean, it's a sign of maturity, I think, with Tom Wilson, that uh, he's able to rise above those situations. Like Alan May talked about, he says, when you take a look at someone like Tom Wilson and Garnet Hathaway, and you got these young players trying to bait him into fights, just just laugh at him and go, no, man, I'm not going to fight with you. You're not worth it. Because, I mean, Tom Wilson doesn't need to prove himself to any young guy out in the league. All they're trying to do is draw a penalty so you're in the penalty box to use it for their advantage. So I think that you're really starting to see the evolution of Tom Wilson, and that's a great thing to see. Kucherov scores a goal. It's two to one caps. And then Sam Sonoff made huge saves out there tonight. He did allow some bad goals, but it's really hard to say if they're bad goals because some of those, uh, it appears uh, that he was screened. And, uh, you know, I've said some bad things about um, Ilya Sam Sonoff, so I believe I have to give credit where credit is due. I think that he played okay, uh, at least tonight, maybe even a little bit better than okay. So that's a promising sign for this Washington Capitals team as they make a push for the playoffs. Because I've heard all over the place that when you're going into the playoffs, you do not want to be questioning who are you going to have in net. It should always be either your number one, you know, should always be known. It shouldn't be like, well, I don't really have a number one right now. Uh, You know, is our number one Vitek Vanacek or is it Ilya Samsonov? When it's game one of the playoffs, it's too late to be thinking about that. So the Capitals, you know, I'm glad that they picked Ilya Samsonov to go out there tonight and put him up to a big test. And it was a big test for Ilya. And I think, you know, just taking a look at the stats, he rose to the challenge. So like I say, Samsonov was making big saves out there. Um, the team, like I say, the team meeting help and Fairvari playing big. Then Alex Ovechkin gets a goal by uh, shooting the puck between his legs. That's number 773 for Alex Ovechkin. And uh, Alex Ovechkin just doing Alex Ovechkin things, which is scoring really great goals. And that was a great goal. He was kind of skating around a guy and he just kind of shot the puck between his legs. It was a pretty goal. If uh, if you guys did not get a chance to see it, go take a look. I'm sure it's on NHL.com or YouTube somewhere. Um, then Nick Paul gets a goal. It's three to two Washington. So the Tampa Bay Lightning were starting to bite back a little bit. And they did for a while. I thought, you know, that they're going to come back and they're going to end up tying this game because I was watching it at home with a family and my son goes, he goes, well, they're really winning this game. I said, not so fast. I said, this is the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a team that has won the Stanley Cup multiple times. You cannot discredit them at this point, pretty much until the game is over. Because as you saw, they were scoring goals all the way up to the very end. Nick Paul goal, 3-2 to two. Washington beats Samsonov, glove side. That was one of the ones I was talking about, and I was thinking to myself, maybe that was kind of a one that Ilya, or yeah, Ilya Samsonov should have stopped that didn't, but you know, I get, overall, Ilya played pretty well. And then Carlson goes in and scores a goal, but wait, it ends up being offsides. How many times do you see that happen? 
and they were talking. The guy that was between the press or the two benches there was talking with Alex Ovechkin, and Alex Ovechkin was like, it was a good goal. He had his skate up in the air. Well, nonetheless, John Carlson's second goal ended up getting overturned, or that second goal ended up. And that's where we end up in the first. And then to start the second, the Caps bringing a lot of pressure in the second. The Caps being too cute with the puck again. John Carlson's second goal of the night. So, alas, John Carlson makes good and gets that second goal. It would have been a lot nicer if it was a hat trick, though, wouldn't it? I really think it would have been. And good for John Carlson. He brings it all the time. John Carlson, third career four-point game. John Carlson's four points, two goals, two assists against Tampa Bay tie a single game career high and are tied for the second most points recorded by a defenseman in a game this season. And like I was talking about, it was physical. It was a physical game out there. And that's the kind of hockey that everyone loves to see. And you see Maroon and uh, Wilson mixing it up in the corner. And part of me wishes that Tom Wilson would have dropped the gloves. And I know that Maroon's a a tough fighter and maybe Wilson would have lost that one. I'm not so sure. But, uh, you know, just to kind of really rally the troops. But I think that Tom Wilson and Peter Laviolette were looking and they're like, nah, it's not worth it. This is a game we're winning. I think that if the Washington Capitals were behind in the game, I think that Tom Wilson would have probably dropped the gloves to try to rally the troops a little bit. But I don't think it was really worth it. I mean, the Capitals were up at that point. It made no sense. And then the scary moment in the third is when Wilson to the locker room after getting hit. Wilson was pulled by the concussion spotter after the Colton collision. Wilson later returned. And that was a scary moment because I couldn't think of one of the worst scenarios other than like Alex Ovechkin or Nick Backstrom would be someone like Tom Wilson being injured and missing substantial time, especially since we have less than a month left of regular season hockey. You know, as you're making this push for the playoffs, I wouldn't want to go into the playoffs without Tom Wilson. They don't have a lot of Tom Wilson's in-house. They're kind of, uh, you know, a four-leaf clover, if you will. Uh, Then Colton's power play goal. Sammy didn't see it. It's four to three Washington and the Tampa Bay Lightning are starting to creep in. And that's when it was a bit of a nail biter towards the end. Can the Washington Capitals hold on and hold off the Tampa Bay Lightning and pick up a win? Because I could think of nothing worse then if they ended up losing this game, could you imagine after being ahead for a lion's share of the game and you know beating a team that with substance to end up losing this game, I think would have just been a real big uh, bust to their morale. So I'm glad that the Capitals were able to, to um, hold on and win this game. I mean, but it wasn't easy. Carlson's diving stop saves... Uh, the game tying goal. And that's what it was in. Everyone was buying in. Everyone was pulling on the rope to get this Washington Capitals team because that Tampa Bay Lightning team had a lot of fight in them and they weren't just going to give up and they didn't give up. They pulled their goalie with uh, two minutes and change. So, and it worked because they ended up scoring a goal there towards the end. Caps get back in the win column. They win four to three. And it was one of those games that I wasn't really sure how they were going to play because Garnet Hathaway was scratched due to a non-COVID illness. Um, and Garnet Hathaway is one of those sandpaper personalities out there that uh, is missing when he's not in the lineup. Um, so uh, I'm glad that that the Capitals were still able to win because I knew that Tampa was going to be a big opponent 
Um, and, uh, you know, I just, it was a, like I say, it was a big moral victory for the Washington Capitals, but now they have to prepare for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, you know, that they're bitter rivals that go way back. So the Capitals are going to have to be prepared. All right. After the break, we are going to talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov, a guy that's been panned and talked about being traded. Well, he stepped up and played really big. We'll talk about Ilya, but first... BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Champions odds, podcasts, and reviews from all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we start this next segment, I'm going to talk about Locked On Now. Locked On Now is Locked On's team of local experts that will help you be in the know when it comes to the NHL and the Washington Capitals. So head over to Locked On Now. All right, in this next segment, we are going to talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov. I mean, let's face it, everyone out there, Ilya Samsonov was not the probable player to play out there tonight. His play has been inconsistent. Vitek Vanacek has pretty much claimed his spot as the number one netminder, but has he? Um, Vitek Vanacek's last loss against the Minnesota Wild draws a lot of things into question. Most notably, what Peter Laviolette talked about is that when they head to the postseason, they want to have their number one netminder in place. But I think what they wanted tonight was to put... Uh, Ilya Samsonov to test because, I mean, the easy thing would have been to put Vitek Vanacek in there, right? You know, he's the number one between the two. He's the better goalie. But I mean, as you go to the playoffs and when you're playing in the playoffs and your hopes of playing in the Stanley Cup is you have to have a number one and number two that are going to be competent. And I mean, if Ilya Samsonov really steps up and plays really big, maybe he will be the number one. I know I've said some disparaging things about Ilya Samsonov this season, but if he can step up and be a great goaltender for the Washington Capitals, I'm all about it. I don't care who it is. If Alex Ovechkin could put on pads and was a great goaltender, then great. Have him be the goaltender. I'm kidding, of course, here, but I I don't really care who the netminder is for the Washington Capitals as long as as he provides them with consistent play because that's what the Capitals have lacked all season is inconsistency in net. And that's that was a good moment for Ilya Samsonov as he rose to the challenge. I mean, I know the game was close, but a win is a win. Like I say, just watching the game, there weren't a lot of you know softballs that went in there or, or soft goals, if you will. Ilya Samsonov, like I said, made 25 saves on 28 shots. And you can't really ask for anything more than that. Um, I mean, just because if you think about any NHL goaltender, they all flounder from time to time. I don't know any goaltender out there that's perfect all the time. Um, Like I say, at times it appears that he was a bit out of position. But I think what they need to do is they need to solidify who the number one and number two is going to be. And if there is any question about it, they do have players in Hershey, most namely Zach Fukali, that I think deserves a call-up. If there is any question, because if you have any question marks, then you should try everything that you know of. And if I mean, I still think that there's enough time in the season that you could give Zach Fukali a shot. I really think they should do it. I don't know what they're waiting for. 
I think that uh, between the both Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, if I'm looking at the season as a whole, I would say that the Washington Capitals net minding, if I was going to summarize, it has been inconsistent. And I know that's not a novel thing to say. Pretty much everyone in in the NHL says it. If you listen to NHL radio or listen to any of the beat writers, they'll say it. I've said it. And it's based on the play that they see on the ice. So I think that the Washington Capitals, um, if if one of these players doesn't you know rise to the surface like cream and the Washington Capitals make a quick exit, I think that the only thing that they can do is a search for a new netminder next season. And I don't, you know, like I say, the Capitals were pretty much set last year that it was going to be Henrik Lundqvist and um, Ilya Samsonov is the number one, number two. I mean, and even before that, they had planned on it just being Ilya Samsonov. Then they got lucky and they, whatever moves that Brian McClellan had to make, they brought Henrik Lundqvist to the Capitals. Didn't even play on the Washington Capitals for one game. And I was thinking to myself, wasn't that something that Henrik Lundqvist, a player that gave the Washington Capitals fits for so many years in the playoffs, is finally on our team? So many years I was seeing him play at Madison Square Garden in those blue jerseys and just being a brick wall in front of the Washington Capitals. I'm like, so great to have. Henrik Lundqvist on our team, but alas, it wasn't meant to be. He had a heart condition. Really unfortunate and kind of surprising. A guy that kind of keeps himself in optimal condition. Maybe it was genetic. I don't really know the condition of his heart injury. But um, so anyway, the Capitals were put in a position where it's like, well, our plan A failed. So now what we have is Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. Vitek Vanacek, who everyone said is maybe a starter in AHL Hershey, maybe. Well, as it turns out, he came to the Washington Capitals last year and was the starter for a lion's share of the season and played lights out pretty much the entire season until the playoffs, and then he had that groin injury. So they need that depth, and they need to figure out who their number one netminder is going to be. There's not a lot left of the season, and there's not a lot of time to tinker with this. So the question is, when they play Pittsburgh on Saturday, I think if they're going to go with the model that they've been going with, they're testing goalies, I think that they should have um, Vitek Vanacek out there. Have him play out there against a big opponent. You know, I don't know if Peter Laviolette is going to want to go with the hot hand. I wouldn't say, you know, like I say, he played okay tonight. He w- It wasn't a shutout, and it wasn't like they, he just allowed in one goal. It was still, it was, it was an okay performance, so I still think that you should give Vitek Vanacek his shot. And uh, like I say, you got until the end of the month to figure it out, guys. So they need to do that before it's too late. All right, after the break, we are going to talk about the game at hand. It is going to be against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that has given the Washington Capitals fits for the longest time. I would say the biggest rival of the Washington Capitals. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back from the break. Pittsburgh Penguins is who the Washington Capitals play on Saturday, and it's going to be a big one. Make no mistake about it. And uh, it just makes you wonder, how are they going to end up stacking up against the Washington Capitals? They're both kind of uh, fighting for position in the Metropolitan Division. And it remains to be seen um, how they will play. Because if you look back historically over time, it's usually the Pittsburgh Penguins that get the best of the Washington Capitals. And it's going to be a big game. There's a lot at stake as it stands right now. If the playoffs started today, it would be the Washington Capitals against 
the Panthers, that would be a big opponent. They're the first ones in the NHL to clinch a playoff spot. And guess who got lucky enough to face them? You guessed it, the Washington Capitals. So like I say, it's going to be a big opponent. Make no mistake about that, but the Washington Capitals have got to be ready. I mean, they have no choice. Uh, that's the task at hand. And one of the, the next task is facing and tests is facing this Pittsburgh Penguins team. Because after that, they have a game. Uh, it's against the Flyers. They got one against Boston coming up. Boston, who is another bubble team out there, kind of um, a wild card contender. So it's just going to be interesting to see how the Capitals do. But there are going to be some games like a game, the game tonight that is going to put them to test. And that's what you need. You don't want to just go out there and play against teams that are easy because those aren't real tests anyway. When you make it to game number one of the playoffs, you're not going to be playing the Sabres, not the Sabres this year anyway, or the New Jersey Devils. You're going to be playing someone like the Panthers or the Hurricanes. And is your team up for it? I think that they are. I think that that meeting, whatever was talked about with TJ Oshie and Alex Ovechkin and all the brass players of the team, it was, you know, the, the coaches did enough. They did enough. They've talked enough. They can't strap on the skates and go out there and win. Like I've said before, the players had to look with inside and, you know, you can only look at so much game film. They know how to win. The nucleus of the team is the same team that played in the 2018 Stanley Cup. Oshie, Backstrom, uh, Ovechkin, Carlson, uh, just off the top of my head there. I know that we're missing some players out there. Don't argue with me. Niskin and Orpik. I know all. They're not out there. But the nucleus of the team is out there, and they have it within them to win. I think that they're stacked in defense. They're doing pretty well. I don't see any real flaws recently. I know that there's been some plays with them collapsing in front of the netminder, but I'm just going by game-by-game -game basis because that's what you have to base it on. I'm basing it on a game-by-game -game basis when I'm talking about netminding. Because we want to kind of throw the last two games out the window. I, I sure hope that people want to throw them up. And I don't want to judge the team based on that because it was doom and gloom for the Washington Capitals as everyone talked about them. Who is this team? This team that won the Stanley Cup just several years ago is floundering out there. I think they turned the page tonight. I guess it remains to be seen as they play a big opponent on Saturday, like I say, the schedule coming up, they got the Flyers, which should be an easy one, a must-win game. But you don't want to fall into what they call a trap game. A trap game, if you're not aware, is when you go into a game like that, you would just assume you're going to win and your opponent mows you down. Let's, let's be honest here. The Flyers will just want to play spoiler for the Washington Capitals. They're out of it. At this point, they're just trying to play for jobs and pride, to be honest with you. I mean, no, no player out there, if you're playing at the NHL level or, you know, any professional level is going to go out there and just say, I'm going to fall and lose this game. They all take a lot of pride in how they play. And I think the Flyers are going to be no different um, or any of these other teams. I mean, take a look, like I talked about against the game against the Devils and the Sabres. Everyone thought that was just going to be a cakewalk. The Capitals were the victors in both of those cases, but those games were tight. They were physical games. Like I talked about, some of those teams that are not playing well this year in the future will be. I'm going to pick out the Buffalo Sabres in particular, and you heard it here first. The Buffalo Sabres within the next few years will be a big opponent uh, for the Washington Capitals and the rest of the NHL. I mean, they just have stockpiled draft picks. Um, they got some big name uh, um, uh, veterans out on the ice. I just think it's a matter of time. I think the big... Uh, problem with the Buffalo Sabres right now 
is they don't have that number one netminder, just kind of like a lot of other teams out there. If they could get that one number one netminder to solidify them, I think that would make all the difference in the world. And uh, I just think that, you know, some of those teams that have been underdogs for years, you know, I, I, at some point, I wish they would do well. I just hope they're not playing well against the Capitals. It's all right to have some of these teams that haven't played what that well do well. You got to be kind of happy for those teams in general. Um, and I think that there's a lot of teams like that that are on the cusp. Look at a lot of those teams that have been big winners every year. Take a look at the Golden Knights. Their first year in the league, they were going to the Stanley Cup. Contrast that with the Seattle Kraken. How are the Seattle Kraken doing? Last I checked, not so good. Kind of the same, similar, similar rules out there. So sometimes it's, you know, biblical in proportion. The first is the last and the last is the first. You never really know from year to year. But the one thing I'll say about the Washington Capitals is they have been pretty much perennial winners. I mean, I think a lot of the people around D.C. take it for granted that the Washington Capitals will go to the playoffs every year. Why don't you go talk to the Coyotes about that? They haven't been to the playoffs for years. Why don't you talk about the to the Red Wings? I mean, I know they were a dynasty years ago, but they haven't been good for years. Talk to the Sabres. Talk to any of those teams. The Washington Capitals fans should be really proud of this team for always going to the playoffs nine times out of ten. I can't tell you the last time they didn't make it to the playoffs. I talked about that in a previous podcast. It was either with Reardon or Adam Oates. I don't remember off the top of my head. But there's only one year that comes to mind that they didn't make it to the playoffs and uh, most of the time, they even make it to the first round. And sometimes that's the hardest part. So the Washington Capitals fan base in general, I really hope they may, they go far in the Stanley Cup and maybe win a Stanley Cup this year. But be proud of this team for even making it to the playoffs, period. And they also have a feather in their hat in the regard that they actually won a Stanley Cup. There's a lot of teams out there that haven't even won a Stanley Cup, Minnesota Wild. You know, they're playing well this year, but they still have not won a cup. Who knows how they'll end up playing? They still have some big opponents out there. They still have to make their way through Colorado or St. Louis. The road ahead for a lot of teams is going to be tough, and it's going to be tough for the Capitals as well. But it's all about team toughness. And there were things that were established tonight that I think are a great sign for this team. It was team tough. The offense was going. The goaltending, which has been inconsistent most of the year, had really stepped up. Ilya Samsonov played pretty well, I got to say. Let's be proud of this team. Let's not be doom and gloom about this team that makes it to the playoffs most every year and won a Stanley Cup just several years ago. Hats off to you, Washington Capitals, and I think bigger and better things lie ahead. All right, this has been Locked on Capitals for today. I want to thank you so much for joining me. It's such a good feeling to have the Washington Capitals be back in the win column. And just everyone around the, the team in general, it's just a great feeling. And, uh, you know, there's b- bigger and better things ahead. And uh, now make your second listen. Locked on Fantasy Hockey host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Uh, If you want to check us out on YouTube and watch videos, it's a lot more interactive. We're looking to get up to 100 subscribers, so go over to YouTube, hit Locked on Capitals, and make sure and hit that subscribe button. That way you will know when the new videos are available. All right, we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.